guys, and welcome back to the second episode of the Paulo on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Paulo Perez, and let's get into it. So this is the second official episode of the podcast, but the first actual one where I'm going to start reacting to news and giving my opinions on them. So for you guys that are new to this thing, I post twice a week. The first episode will be me reacting to lighter news stories like comic books, movies, stuff that I just like think that it's fun to talk about. And the second episode, which will probably be posted in like three or four days from now, it'll be more reacting to like social stuff, more heavier topics, but I'd like to keep a balance just so it's not like super heavy on me, myself, like as a recorder and like you guys as an audience. All right, so without further ado, uh, let's get into our first story. So uh, for people that don't know me, I'm a huge fan of the rapper Logic. Um, I've been listening to him since my friends introduced me to him back in like, ooh, back in like freshman, sophomore year of high school. Um, We listened to his... I think it was, uh, I think it was the Incredible True Story album. That's the one. But uh, yeah, ever since then, I've been listening to him every time he dropped a new project. I even went back and listened to his first Young Sinatra mixtape, which I highly recommend. It's like one of my favorite projects of his. He really is a really talented guy. He's just one of my favorite rappers. But anyways, over the weekend, he dropped maybe three big news stories for himself. Um, firstly, he announced that his new upcoming project, titled No Pressure, will be his official retirement from rap. I mean, that one kind of just bummed me out, I'm not going to lie. I've been a huge fan of this guy since, man, since like my formative years, like I said, in high school. So it's like really sad. I never really got a chance to see his tour. Like I never got to see him on tour, which is like one of my bucket list items. So now with like COVID, I don't even know if I may get the chance to see him, but I'm going to try my best. But anyways, yeah, back in uh, 2014, he dropped his Under Pressure album. And then I think it was like last year, he dropped a freestyle called, uh, I think it was Under Pressure 2 or something similar to that. But yeah, he, I guess he's now as a father, which is another big news for himself. Um, For those of you that don't know, he was previously married, but divorced a couple years ago. And I think when he he did that freestyle, he announced at the end of it that he was going to be a dad. So we were all kind of expecting maybe one or two more projects before he kind of focused his attention on being a dad. But on his Instagram, he announced that, you know, this last project will be his retirement and he wants to focus more on being a dad. I mean, no hate here, you know, like you got to do what you got to do. He's made enough money now where I'm sure he's fine to take care of his family and still, you know, live a very nice lifestyle. And I'm just hoping this last project will maybe get that Grammy that he's always been chasing. I mean, he probably deserved it, in my opinion, for the Everybody album. But I could see where some people were just not for it. But I really hope this last project just gives him that last, like, sense of mainstream recognition that I don't think he himself thinks he needs. But for us fans, kind of like validation that this guy is one of the best out there. But the trifecta of news came when uh, an article from The Verge announced that he had signed a uh, streaming agreement with Twitch. Twitch is like one of the biggest streaming platforms at the time right now. Maybe there's some other ones coming up there like YouTube Gaming or Mixer tried a little bit with Ninja, but that kind of just faded away. But according to the article, he signed a seven-figure deal to stream exclusively on on Twitch. Uh, Streaming isn't really a new thing to him. He streamed Modern Warfare back when it was like first coming out. And I think it'll help Twitch to really get a big mainstream artist on there. Because according to the article, it is their first deal with, like, a mainstream musician. So that can give them, like, tons of exposure they didn't have before. I mean, Ninja, for people that don't know, is one of the biggest gamers in the world right now. And when he used to do videos or mainstream live streams with people like uh, Drake, and those got millions of views and brought millions of people over to the site. So it's not a bad idea for Twitch to do this. And Logic himself is a pronounced gamer. 
he is a diehard gaming fan. Like, if, for people that follow his YouTube channel, they know he's done, like, walkthroughs of Uncharted 4 and like, a sitting. Like, he's done these gaming things where he's just not... He's not a gamer who happens to rap. Or he's not a rapper who just happens to game. He's a gamer and a rapper. And it's, like, really exciting for me to now be able to catch up with him and interact with him on the level that, like, you can't really do through, like, Instagram posts and stuff like that. So it'll be really fun to see that part of his life. And, I mean, now's, like, the perfect time. Everyone's quarantined. I, I don't know why more athletes and, and musicians aren't trying to do this. I mean, they can gain so much following because gaming now is such a popular thing. It isn't looked down on like it was a decade ago around that time. Back then, gamers were seen as nerdy guys who, like, were outcasted by everybody. But now it's like a popular thing. I'm like almost everyone games. Almost like everyone I know games. I mean every guy or maybe girls are starting to slowly get into it now, but like every guy hopefully my age has like that group of guys they can just game with or they do their hobbies with, that group of, of friends. But now it's like now it's not becoming a weird outcasted thing. It's an everyday common thing. So to see artists like Logic who have like mainstream recognition take it to a platform like this and like stream games that we play it's like a whole different like thing it's, it's it's gonna be really exciting to see what he can do with this platform but yeah for our logic fans be really excited this next month looks like to be a really big month for us we get a whole bunch of content from him and i'm really excited and for those that don't really listen to him maybe give him a chance i re like i said i recommend his incredible true story album his under pressure album was phenomenal and maybe you can try to get in touch with that guy but like i said uh, twitching is going to be a, such a big thing for him, and I'm really excited to see if that leads to further uh, exposure to mainstream celebrities and musicians, because that can change the way gaming is seen globally. Like, that could bring partnerships, that can bring millions of dollars to gamers who are popular now. Alright, so let's switch over to the second story. Um, for Like I said in the uh, first episode, I'm a huge comic book fan. I mean, I think my defining traits are that I'm a gamer and a comic book fan. I've been a diehard reader and watcher of the movies since I first watched, I think it was like X2 when I was like 8 years old. It's just like something that's been a part of who I am and it's fantastic. But anyways, so a few years ago, uh, Justice League came out. I think it was maybe like 2017 that it came out and casual viewers know it as like the sequel to like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and they know that it was there was some kind of controversy there where the director was kind of removed because of a family incident and they brought in the guy who made the Avengers movies um but yeah so since then fans have been trying to push for that original director's cut to be released but the studio just like refused to do it for whatever reason and finally last early I think it was early this year they announced that it was finally coming out to HBO Max. I think it was like, I think it's like 2021, something like that. But the fans are like super excited. They've been pushing for this stuff since the theatrical version of the movie came out. Uh, honestly, my feelings for that movie are kind of like, kind of torn. I mean, I get what they were trying to do. They had to deal with the situation that they had to deal with. You know, like you can't predict stuff like that. But for me, it's, it was such a different directive change from Man of Steel and, and Batman v Superman which were like these darker movies which I loved because it was so different from the Marvel universe and it's like traditional lighthearted funny like 
point of view on things. But don't get me wrong, like, I'm a huge MCU fan. Like, I can watch those movies day in, day out, no problem. But I think the biggest problem there was that they had Zack Snyder, who was, like, this diehard comic book fan. Like, he's trying his best to bring the most epic, comic-accurate versions, or his, or his interpretations of those characters, which I loved. And you switch over to the guy who made Avengers, who is was a good movie. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a good one, but I don't think it was top four of those Avenger movies. I think when the Russo's brothers took over, it was a whole different level. It was like they brought it to a whole different atmosphere of like awesomeness but yeah so it, he did an interview with uh grace randolph from beyond the trailer and i follow her for like all the hollywood stuff because i just like i don't know I like her personality it's really fun to listen to but yeah she released this 20 minute interview with him uh through zoom obviously because it's quarantine but he revealed a lot of information about what his uh snyder cut is going to be like which is what the fans call uh, the original, I guess, quote-unquote, original cut of the movie. And one of the things he hit on was that he was, in fact, trying to finish his arc from Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, which I love because I love the intention. Lo I'm a huge Batman fan. Like, that's my ride-or-die dude. Like, all my friends know, like, if I would, I would get him his bat symbol tattooed on my forearm. Like, it's just, he's awesome as a comic book character. And I love Ben Affleck in the role, like, I know a lot of people didn't really like him, but he's like a killer Bruce Wayne, and his Batman was so freaking gruesome and like, oh, it was so cool. Like the, the that warehouse scene where he fought in the second, and I think it was Batman v Superman, that was an amazing scene. Like that just solidified to me that Ben Affleck is a badass Batman, and I can go on for hours talking about how great those movies are. But uh, in a, in the interview, he said that. You know, he's known for going long movies. Like, Batman v Superman's director cut was, like, three hours. No complaints from me, but, you know, three hours is, is a long movie. But he said that this version could be even longer than that. Grace Randolph asked him about if he had a time approximation. He says definitely over two hours and 45 minutes as it is now. And he still has another year to work on it. So I can imagine that's going to be, like, maybe close to three, three and a half hours of pure comic book awesomeness. Like... It's, it's really cool. Like, I'm just super excited for this movie to come out. But the problem kind of comes up with, you know, the new uh, Robert Pattinson Batman movie comes out that same year. So I can see why uh, Warner Brothers would be like, how do we make people realize that it's a separate uh, thing? You know, that the Warner Brothers movies that are coming out now, like Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Aquaman 2, the Batman movie don't really follow a singular timeline. Because I think when people think about comic book movies now... They have to follow the MCU formula, you know? One story impacts the other, and so on and so forth. If you, and if you miss one movie, you kind of miss a huge chunk of information. And while it's efficient for Marvel, DC's kind of known for having multiverses. Like, they're, they're kind of famous for having different, you know, stories, different versions of popular characters, and trying to introduce different, you know, different little uh, personality changes that kind of make them their own version of themselves, which, which I find kind of cool because it's like, there could be a multiverse, theoretically, where I'm Batman, or any one of you guys is Batman, and for me, it's, like, way easier to, like, dive into that reality and kind of lose myself in, like, the fantasy of, like, well, what if I was, like, you know, uh, screaming up the skyscrapers of New York City or Gotham or something like that and just fighting crime. It's just something that's, like, really fun to think about. But Zach touched on the idea of a multiverse. Uh, he told Grace that this kind of director's cut 
definitely uh, skews away from what Warner Brothers is trying to do with their movies now. He's kind of saying that it theoretically could establish its own universe within the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, but I just don't see how they can keep both of those things going at the same time. Either they abandon the movies that are coming up after they're done, so like maybe not make a sequel to the Batman unless it's like hugely popular, which I could see happening. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a huge fan of Robert Pattinson being casted as Batman in the beginning just because I only saw him in Twilight and I freaking hate Twilight movies. But seeing like the concept art of him in the Batsuit and the Batmobile, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. But now it's like we have the Robertson, Robert Pattinson Batman, sorry, and the Ben Affleck Batman. And I'm a huge fan of the Ben Affleck Batman, like I said before. Like, he, to me, is the epitome of balancing Bruce Wayne and Batman. So either one of those has to go. I don't see Warner Brothers being able to effectively market two different Batman at the exact same time. Uh, one theory that uh, Grace touched on was maybe... Um, the universe made from the Snyder Cut probably go to HBO Max as like a TV show or something, which is fun, I guess. Like I could see that, but I don't see myself paying fifteen bucks a month for HBO Max just to watch those movies. Like, albeit I'm a huge fan of them, but I mean Netflix has so much more to offer, and Hulu and Disney Plus and all those other stuff. I just don't see myself subscribing to one service just for like a possibility of TV shows or movies. But regardless, I am still super excited for this movie to come out, and I am definitely going to stay up to news on like any possible reveals and anything that pops up to that. But, oh, actually, speaking of that, um, I just forgot about that. Uh, he released at the end of the interview that there is a uh, Comic-Con-esque event happening this weekend called Justice Con. Um, I believe it's made from fans as like a response to DC not really having anything or like their own event to like promote stuff. But he did announce that, uh, I think his panel was on Saturday, he said at like 5.30, I think, Eastern Time, so I'm definitely going to watch that. But he announced that there's possible clips released from his version of the movie, which haven't been seen before, so I'm, you know what, I'm definitely going to watch that. But he also announced probably like another announcement relating to the movie. It could be like a casting announcement, which I'm hoping, hoping it's that they casted somebody for a Green Lantern cameo or like role in the movie. Like, since Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dead, or not Deadpool, his Green Lantern, I've, I've been wanting a new version of him to pop up, and it's, it's like, they teased it in the, in the th theatrical cut of it, like, he was in the, uh, a Green Lantern was in the movie, but I think Warner Brothers has been just too scared to just give that character another try, which, I think if they just got the casting right, would be phenomenal, like, maybe... Army Hammer would be a good choice, um, or I, people were talking about Tom Cruise, but I just think people would be more focused on the fact that it's Tom Cruise playing it, and he doesn't really look like a Green Lantern to me, but if it's something like that, or maybe something like they cast as another surprise character, that would be fantastic, and it would build so much more hype for this movie, and it's, it, yeah, I'm just super excited for it, but I'll definitely keep up to date on these news, and any further announcement, I'm definitely covering in future episodes. And for our last story, we have the other movie that I am super psyched about, uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Um, there hasn't really been much news on this thing uh, since it was announced. Obviously, we have a few, you know, uh, leaked photos and stuff and the plot, but 
and it hasn't there hasn't really been much exposure for this movie until like this weekend where there was like release concept art for the movie and it's freaking badass like it shows them fighting on a freaking aircraft carrier and they're freaking massive like i was worried about king kong like not being able to actually be a threat to uh godzilla but the dude is as tall if not taller than freaking godzilla it just looks so badass and it's like I don't know, since the ending of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which, spoiler if you haven't seen that movie, ends with him being crowned, uh, as the title says, King of the Monsters, people have been excited for him to go up against King Kong and figure out who's the actual alpha. And honestly, with like the circumstances of the world, it's, it's nice to have a movie where you can just turn your brain off and just enjoy it. Like, I'm not really into movies that are like... You know, the uh, typical quote-unquote Oscar movies, which uh, which are, like, deep thinkers and, like, you have to, like, understand the film and, like, what it's trying to say. I'm a huge fan of blockbusters. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just like going to a movie, turning my brain off. I don't, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to worry about what the message is or so-and-so. Like, I just like, like, Fast and Furious. Like, it's just straight-up dumb action. You can just eat popcorn, have fun. And not worry or overthink about, is it possible to happen? Is it possible for a car to do this and this? Is it possible for monsters to exist? It's like, no, it's just like a monster thing. Like, you just turn your brain off and enjoy it. But, yeah, seeing this concept art is, like, fantastic. Like, I'm just hyped for this movie. And this kind of sucks. It got delayed because of coronavirus. So, COVID, obviously, is a big thing uh, going on right now. It's pushing a lot of things back and is really hurting the movie industry. I mean, a little side story, but... Uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet movie, which I don't really follow or like, excited to see, keeps being pushed back, and I, I heard, I think I heard somewhere on the internet that it's like pushed indefinitely, like they don't know when it's gonna come out. But it's like it's showing it, like people want movies to come out, like we need some kind of escape from reality. So maybe it begs the question of releasing everything to digital now and just have them buy it at home. I don't know, but we gotta figure out something. But I'm just super excited that we finally get to see two classic monsters like duel it out on the big screen. And yeah, like I'm just super excited for these movies. So that's it for today's episode. So uh, like I said, next episode should be probably like three or four days. And it'll be a more serious one. Just kind of reacting to big news stuff and things I witness in the world. And just get the conversation going on that end. But for next week, I'm super excited to keep this going. And... I just wanted to thank you guys for the support, and I will see you guys on the next episode of Paula on Purpose. <laughs>